Paradise House, The Zoo in the Attic by Hilary McKay, read by Sophie Aldred. Chapter 1 At school, they were known as the angels from Paradise House. People said, Grown wings yet? And, Show us your halo! But the children, Danny, Nathan and Anna, did not care. They liked living in Paradise House, and they were never in any real danger of being mistaken for anything heavenly. Paradise House was a large, square, red-brick building, more than a hundred years old. It was in London, not quite in the middle, but... Nearer to the middle than the edges, said Nathan, when his father, who was a bus driver, brought home a map of the city to show the children exactly where they lived. Handy for the zoo, added Danny O'Brien, looking affectionately at the patch of green that was Regent's Park. Danny was well known for his love of animals, and the zoo was his favourite place in the world. Once, Paradise House had been the home of a rich family. It had a basement, rather dark and gloomy, where the servants had worked, a ground floor, extremely posh, where the family had lived, a first floor, still very posh, where the family had slept, and a second floor, not at all posh, where the children had their nursery and where the servants had slept when they were not working. Across the top of the whole of the house was an enormous attic. Since those good old days, if you were family, or bad old days, if you were servants, everything had changed. The house had been divided up into flats, each with two, three or four rooms, and all sorts of people lived in them. The bright, elaborate rooms downstairs had grown much plainer, and the plain rooms at the top of the house had become slightly brighter. Only the attic was unchanged. The attic was, and always had been, full of spiders. Danny O'Brien and his mother had a flat right at the top, under the attic. They lived where the children would have lived in the past. Danny's bedroom still had the bars at the window that showed it had once been a nursery. Danny was fond of the bars. They reminded him of the zoo. Anna Lee and her parents lived underneath Danny and his mother. Her family were Chinese, and Nathan Amadi's family, who lived in the flat below Anna's, had come to London years before from Nigeria, in Africa. Although both families had lived in England for a long time, it did not stop the children from hoping that one day some relations of Nathan's or Anna's would arrive suddenly at Paradise House and invite them all back home for the school holidays. Danny and Anna and Nathan were all in the same class at school. Out of school, they spent so much time clattering up and down the staircase visiting each other that their parents hardly ever knew exactly where they were. Very useful sometimes, remarked Anna, and Danny and Nathan agreed. There were other people living in Paradise House as well. A rather bad-tempered caretaker, Mr MacDonald, but the children always called him Old MacDonald, lurked in the basement, and two old ladies, known as the Miss Kents, shared the ground-floor flat opposite Nathan's. The Miss Kents had lived in Paradise House for years and years, but Old MacDonald had lived there forever. He was the only person who remembered Paradise House before it had been turned into flats. His father had worked for the people who had owned it then, and old MacDonald had been born in the basement, as he was fond of telling everyone. 
Even with all these people living in Paradise House, there were still empty rooms left over. I wish somebody useful would move in, said Danny one day. What sort of useful? asked Anna. A zookeeper, perhaps, said Danny. The sort of zookeeper that sometimes has to take the animals home. Are there such people? asked Anna doubtfully. Or a policeman with Alsatians. Or a mounted policeman with a horse. I'm sure they don't take the horses home, said Anna. Or a pet shop owner. Or just someone with lots of dogs and cats. The Miss Kents downstairs had a canary, said Anna, but it died. So they thought they might like a parrot instead. And they went and asked about the one in the pet shop down the road. William, interrupted Danny, who knew the pet shop well. Yes, William, said Anna, but they didn't buy him. Good, said Danny. If I get enough birthday money next week, I might buy William myself. You won't, said Anna certainly. He costs £600. £600, repeated Danny. That's why they didn't buy him, explained Anna. They could buy a whole zoo for £600, Danny remarked. They wouldn't want a whole zoo, said Anna. Where would anyone put a whole zoo? I'm sure I could think of somewhere, said Danny. The day before Danny's ninth birthday, his mother got him out of bed and under the shower and into his clothes and through his breakfast, all before he had time to wake up enough to protest. Then she made him take everything he could carry from his bedroom and dump it into hers. Why? asked Danny, staggering sleepily past her beneath a load of animal books. Secret, said Danny's mother, and she collected up an armful of soft toys, plastic zoo models and Danny's life-size crocodile pyjama case. Is it something to do with my birthday? Perhaps, said Danny's mother. Do you know what you're getting me yet? Of course! Danny's mother fished under the bed, where Danny kept his natural history museum, and came out with something horrible in a jam jar. What's this disgusting-looking stuff? she demanded. Swamp water, said Danny. What on earth is swamp water? Secret recipe, said Danny, rescuing the jar, together with a pair of stag's antlers, an old bird's nest and a box of dead flies and bees that he had collected in the park. It's the same sort of stuff that dinosaurs used to live in, except they had ferns instead of lettuce. Have you got my birthday present yet? Of course I have, said his mother. It was ordered weeks ago. Danny brightened up tremendously and hurried away to cart out his Noah's Ark quilt, his conger eel lamp and his dinosaur footprint bedside rug. When he returned for the next load, his mother was taking posters off the wall. Why are you taking them down? demanded Danny. You'll see tomorrow, replied his mother. I wish I knew what you were getting me, said Danny. And he made the same remark about 40 times during the next half hour until his mother finally lost her temper. School, she ordered. I haven't finished my breakfast properly, protested Danny. I didn't have any toast. His mother chopped two slices off a loaf of bread and rammed them into the toaster. While she waited for them to toast, Danny passed the time by saying, I wonder what you've got me, I wonder what you've got me, very quietly to himself and over and over again. Danny, said his mother warningly. I only wondered, said Danny, in case I ought to get ready for it. 
buy dog biscuits or something. His mother ignored this enormous hint. I wish I knew, said Danny. I wish I knew, I wish I knew, I wish I... Wallpaper, shouted Danny's mother, and the kitchen filled up with black smoke. What? Wallpaper, wallpaper, wallpaper. Oh, bother. The toaster is jammed. You'll have to have bread. You can't be getting me wallpaper, said Danny, very shocked. Wallpaper's not a present. I am, and I can, and it is. And I'm sticking it up today, and Penny from work is coming to paint the woodwork. It will be ready for your party tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, I've invited Anna. I don't want wallpaper, and I'm not inviting girls. You will want this wallpaper, said his mother. And we're not leaving Anna out when she lives right underneath us. It wouldn't be fair. And anyway, you went to Anna's party. Danny stopped protesting about Anna. He didn't mind her coming. He would have invited her himself, if he had thought of inviting girls. Instead, he returned to the far more important subject of his birthday. What else are you getting me besides wallpaper? Nothing, said Danny's mother. Is it a joke? Nope. What about what I asked for? Danny, said his mother, you were being rude and ridiculous and annoying. It can't be wallpaper, Danny protested. You couldn't be so horrible. Oh, couldn't I, replied his mother. You are wrong. School. And she kissed him by force and bundled him out of the door. It was so late when Danny finally arrived at school that there was no one about to listen to his amazingly awful bad news. Everyone was in assembly.